0: I want to thank you for listening today. If you have not subscribed to our podcast, please do so and feel free to rate and review us as well. If you live nearby and do not have a church home, we would love for you to come visit us here at Fellowship Bible Church in Jacksonville, Texas. You can connect with us by calling or texting CONNECT to 903 five, eight, six, six, five, two, zero. If you would like to support the ministry here at fellowship Bible church, we would greatly appreciate that as well to give one time or on a regular basis. You can text give to nine Oh three, five, eight, six, six, five, two, zero. If you live a ways away, we hope you would find a good Bible believing and preaching church in your area to join and serve in and support. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you have a great week. Amen. Well, it's good to be back with you. I've been in some and out some. Some of y'all are wondering if I'm coming back, right? A little miniature sabbatical after Christmas. But uh, boy, I enjoyed getting to hear the Word of God preach from uh, Ron and, and Kevin and worshiping with you, some in person and some. Uh, way as well, but it's a joy to be back with you and and of course talking about discipleship as all of you know and here January is the month when people are looking back over the previous year and evaluating what they've done well and what needs improvement it's uh, also the the time of year when we're looking ahead when we're We're setting new goals and making new resolutions for the upcoming year and for that reason, we decided to start the year off here at Fellowship by reminding you of the most important task that we've been given as believers and that is the commitment to make disciples. We have taken the month of January to focus on discipleship. Normally in here what we do is we pick a book and We go all the way through it, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and we'll be starting that in February in the book of Colossians, so you can, be, you can be reading ahead if you want to. It won't take you long to get through it. It'll take us a lot longer to preach through it. There is a lot in Colossians, but for the rest of the month, we're going to continue our focus on discipleship. Ron started us off by discussing what discipleship is and and what it means to be a disciple. And last week, Kevin talked about the cost of discipleship. This morning, we're going to discuss what, what discipleship looks like in and through the ministries of this church. And next week, we will discuss what it looks like in your personal life and what it looks like in the home and in your job and in your communities. But this morning I'm going to focus in on our mission statement here at Fellowship. So if this is your first time visiting or or you're new to Fellowship, this is a good Sunday. For you to be here, because you're going to learn what we're all about here at Fellowship Bible Church as we look at our mission statement this morning and discuss what discipleship looks like for you and others in and through the ministries of this church. But before I begin, I want to take a moment just to remind you once again Of our church's mission statement. I have it up here on the screen. You have it in your bulletin as well. Our purpose as a church is to make disciples by escorting people to Christ, establishing people in truth, and equipping them for ministry. Now, some of you upon hearing this, you're probably thinking to yourself, that sounds real good, that sounds catchy, escort, establish, equip, three E's, for those of you all wondering what are the three E's of 2023, there they are, but what does that actually mean? What, is it, what does it look like? How do we accomplish this as a church? Well, if you're asking those questions, I'm glad you're here the rest of the morning, I'm going to break down our church's mission statement for you into three points. I'm going to explain how all of you can and should be involved in these three things. In escorting, establishing, equipping in 2023 and beyond. So let's take a look at it. First, our aim as a church is for you to be escorted to Christ. Escorted to Christ. Now before I speak to the believers in here, let me address those of you here or those of you maybe listening online who have not been saved, who are not trusting in Christ alone for your salvation. I am aware of the fact, and church you should be as well, that there are some in our midst, some listening online, who have yet to surrender their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand this as well. Some people that I'm describing are not first-time visitors who are in this state. There are unbelievers here in places like this Sunday after Sunday. Listen, if this is you, if I'm speaking to you, my prayer for you this morning is that as you watch the actions of believers in this church and as you see them worship the one true and living God of the scriptures as you see them live their lives and and share their faith with others as you hear the word of God preached week in and week out and taught in small group ministries and during during Sunday night fellowship and men's and women's Bible studies, that you would be convinced through that, that Jesus is Lord and you would in turn give your life up and over to Him. I pray that every Sunday. We want to see those who don't know Christ come to know Christ in and through the ministries of those in this church, in the ministries of this church. Paul, that was his desire, says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Paul says whoever confesses their sin and believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever surrenders their life to Christ will be saved. You've never made that decision. I pray this very day be the day of your salvation. There's no better way to start off this year than by turning from your sin and turning your life up and over to the Lord Jesus Christ, bowing before King Jesus in surrender to Him. That's the first step. I pray many of you make that first step today if you have not. Before you can be effective in escorting people to Christ, you must first be escorted. And then after that, after you come to know Christ as Lord, then you are called to display Him. You're to display Him and His gospel to the unbelieving and watching world. Believers, that's what we're called to do. We are called to be representatives for Christ, and there are two primary ways in which we do that. One is through showing, and another is through sharing. First, let's talk about showing. What do I mean when I say that we're to represent Christ through showing? Well, I'm talking about living out your faith. I'm talking about living to prove that your relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ is the most precious thing in your life. I'm sure, it's no surprise to many of you that there are more people in our churches today who talk the talk rather than walk the walk. But believers, Scripture is clear. That is not to be true of us. You don't want to be guilty of Phariseeism. In Matthew 23, 2-4, Jesus says, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. They preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger." The scribes and the Pharisees, they talked a big game, didn't they? But they had a major problem. They didn't have a lifestyle to match. That is not to be true of us, believers. God has called us out. He has set us apart for a reason. Not just to enjoy all the benefits that come from being forgiven and made right with God, but also to represent Him to the world. So church, my my prayer for us is that as the unbelieving and watching world, which they are watching, as they watch us, they would see Christ in us. We are to display Him as we gather together for worship, as we gather together for study, and as we serve Him in and through the ministries of this church. You have an opportunity every Sunday morning to display Him here. To display Him in our ministries, in Bible study and in small group, in the way you serve those in need in the church through prayer, through missions ministry, as you go out from this place and represent God and represent your, your relationship with God, you showcase that in your, in your homes and, and in your communities alongside the lives of your brothers and sisters in Christ here in this church, in your family, in your communities all throughout the week. I pray that people would come To see that Christ is Lord through watching how you live your lives under His Lordship. So we're to represent Christ through showing. Not only that, we're to represent Christ through sharing. While it's essential that we represent Christ through our actions, we must also make Him known in what we share. Along with being visible representatives, we are to be vocal witnesses for Christ. Listen again to Romans 10, 13, and 14. I think I have it up on the screen. Paul says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? In this passage, Paul shows the importance of being a vocal, a vocal witness for Christ. He, he tells us in verse 14 that before one can come to trusting Christ alone for salvation, he or she must first hear the message. Some hear that and they think, hey, we're living in the belt buckle, the Bible belt. Surely. Everyone in in Jacksonville, Texas has has heard the gospel message right and if you ask a large number of people in this city They'll probably tell you they feel as if they've got a good handle on the gospel message They believe they know what the gospel message is they believe they're Christians based upon the knowledge they have But if you really press people to articulate what they believe you find many don't have a clue I've asked a lot of people questions pertaining to the gospel. You know what response I get more than any? People telling me, you got to try your best to be a good person. Folks, that's not just a tiny misstep when it comes to the gospel message, that's a message that is opposed to the gospel altogether. We believe in salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Works don't play in even a little bit in that message. It's not what we do, but what God has done for us through Christ. So believers, we have an even bigger task here. Because not only do we have to have People learn what the gospel is. We have to have them unlearn what they think it is, which is what it's not. we got a lot to sift through. And they will never come to this true understanding of the gospel message if we remain silent because, Paul says in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes from hearing. If we don't share, they won't hear. If they don't hear, they won't respond. We must share. So believers, make sure that you're being a vocal witness as well as a visible one. And if you've fallen down on your job, now's the time to get busy again making Christ known. So many in our communities, so many in our families, they need to unlearn what they think they know about the gospel and take a fresh look from God's word to understand the message biblically. There are many... In the church who need to have a better understanding of of the gospel. That's why it's important for you to attend services here on Sunday morning. There is not a Sunday that goes by that you will not sing the gospel, that you will not hear the gospel read, that you will not hear the gospel preached. Every month we take communion. On, on Sunday morning, we're going to do that next week. We clearly explain the gospel as we discuss what the bread and the drink represent and what we are saying when we take communion together. Then you have an opportunity as believers to participate. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that when, when believers take the bread and the drink together, they proclaim God's gospel message. There are gospel-focused questions from our sermon-based studies for our adults and kids. You have them in your bulletin you received on the way in. Our our studies on Sunday night are Christ-focused and gospel-saturated. You have multiple opportunities to hear and to share the gospel with others in those studies and in that time of discussion. Parents, are you showing and sharing the gospel to your kiddos? We're going to talk more about that next week. But, but you don't get off the hook if you don't have kids in the home. We're going to talk to everybody about what that looks like in your home. I pray, though, parents, you would take every chance you get to share Christ with them. Grandparents, same. We have a bookstore filled with resources, sermon based studies that we provide for you in your bulletins each week with questions for children. We have sermon based kids lessons out on the table for you there in the foyer for you to take with you. We provide resources online with, that you can click on our Kids Zone link where you can get music that they sing on Sunday night which are songs we sing in here. We have, we have a way for you to download a PDF of the sermon-based lesson for your children. You have no excuse. You don't have any excuse. I know many are not using those. Some are. I'm going to continue to write them. It's that important. Some of you will say, my children are too young. They're never too young. You should be a vocal witness to them from birth. Sing worship songs to them as a baby. Teach them before they can understand, until they understand. When they can talk, teach them how to memorize biblical truths and Bible verses. And when they can learn, when they learn to read, give them a Bible. Don't waste a moment that you have with them. I really don't get this. Oh, they're just too young to understand. So what? teach them until it sinks in. If you start at three, they're going to understand more at five than if you waited to start at five. What are you waiting for? Don't shy away from the time you have with them. We have too many 20 to 30-year-old infants in our churches today who grew up in Christian homes and in churches just like this one. There are going to be parents come to me 10 to 20 years from now saying, Graham, fix my son or daughter. Now's the time to fix them. You have influence and opportunity right now today to teach them. Don't waste it. Take the study guides we write for you home with you to use with your children, grandparents with your grandchildren. Don't waste a moment of time. Getting into my sermon next week, sorry. (sighs) That's our first aim here at Fellowship. We're committed to seeing people escorted to Christ. Here's the second aim. Our aim here at Fellowship is for you to be established in truth. While it's important for you to be escorted to Christ. Listen, it's essential that you don't just stay at that state, that infancy state. It's important that you grow up in Him. What many today believe and teach is that that initial decision is what salvation is all about. Therefore, some believe that the The prayer they prayed, the initial decision they made 10 to 20 years ago is all the Christian life is about. That's all salvation is. I've shared Christ with with people before and they've responded with, oh, I've already done that. My follow-up question is, are you doing it today? Are you trusting in Christ alone for your salvation today? If there came a time in your life when you received Christ as your Lord, are you living under His Lordship today? You should be. Are you growing in godliness? As Ron talked about several weeks ago, Kevin mentioned it last week too. Is there, is there fruit in your life? There should be fruit. Are you abiding in Christ? So being converted is the, the necessary first step God expects us to grow and develop in our faith. And believers, hear me when I say this. It is completely unnatural for you to do any differently. It's abnormal for you to not be growing and developing spiritually. If you're here this morning and, and you're not making strides year after year in your spiritual life, you need to revisit the first point and make sure that you've been escorted to Christ. You can believe in vain. We talked about it. Paul talks about it. He talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to talk about it in Colossians 1 as well. We've been talking about it over the past few weeks. If you're a Christ follower, you need to realize that you're to be growing in Christ. One of the most basic principles in the Bible that you find from Genesis to Revelation is that God's people follow God and grow in godliness. Followers of Christ, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, guess what? You better be following Christ. It's not that difficult. My sheep, they know me. They, they hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow me. God's people are those types of people who hear his voice and they respond. They obey. They grow up in Christ. Do they mess up? Of course they do. There are no grace graduates in here. But they're messed up about messing up. They're repentant. They keep trusting God. Keep following, pursuing godliness. Some of you ask, what does this look like? How, how can I get on the right path toward maturity? Some of you are thinking, I want to make strides this year, but I don't know where to begin. Well, there are two essential ways for you to get established in truth so that you grow in godliness. One is publicly, and the other is privately. Let's look at publicly first. What does that look like, corporately? I know I've shared this with you before, but we need reminding of it. You and me, all believers without exception, need the church. Talking about the local church. You need your local church. There is this growing trend in our world today among some who believe church is optional. Many think, I can be who God's called me to be on my own, apart from the church, from the house. Boy, COVID really did a number on us with this mentality, feeding this mentality. Many today, they, they, they're thinking, you know, I can continue watching from home or just not at all. I can just do it on, on my own. They kind of view the church as a, a health club membership. I know they need me to pay dues, but I don't necessarily need them. I can hit the weights from home. Many feel that way about the church. Let me tell you, while those in the early church knew that there were wolves among them, John talks about that in 1 John. There are some who are with us who are not really with us. They went out from us, which is proof they were not of us, John says. But they had no concept of a true believer disconnected from the local body. That was foreign. That would have been foreign to them. We need the church. Why? Because God uses his people. As they gather together, study his word together, pray for and serve each other in the power of the Holy Spirit to sharpen one another, encourage one another so that they grow up together in ways that would not be possible otherwise. Some of the most off-base people that I've met have come in off the street, disconnected from the church, claim to study the Bible hours upon hours each day. they got nobody pouring into them. they got nobody correcting them, nobody sharpening them, nobody encouraging them. They've got a very critical spirit because they haven't encountered others who have, who have lovingly corrected them in that way. They're off-base. We need the church. We need each other. My challenge for you this upcoming year is for you to commit to this church. If you're visiting here, we would love to have you commit to this church. But commit to a Bible-believing and, and preaching church in this community. You need it. You can't even be obedient to God without associating with these people. Do you know that? Do you know if the Apostle Paul came today, he wouldn't even minister to those who are disconnected from the church? His letters were written mostly to people in the church. The U's mostly are plural. He's talking to believers and how they interact with one another in the church. His letters don't even apply to you if you're not connected to a local body. You cannot be obedient to God if you're disconnected from the church. Let me show you how. How can you be faithful love one another, pray for one another, serve one another, sharpen one another, if you don't associate with one another? So that's one way to get established publicly on a corporate level. we got opportunities for you to do that. It's a good time of year for you to be here. We just started up our Sunday night fellowship. We meet every Sunday night, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Our small groups are starting up this week. They'll start up on, on Wednesday. Great ways for you to get established publicly in truth on a corporate level. But it's also essential that we get established in truth on a private level as well. Listen to Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Paul says this. Therefore, my beloved, I think we've got it up here, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both the will and the work, for his good pleasure. Paul gives us two essential truths here about our growth in godliness. First, he shows us that it is a divine work from within. Our growth in godliness is a divine work from within. He says in verse 13 that it is God who works in you. For us to be who God has called for us to be, we must have God doing the work on the inside. We need a God-given desire, a God-given motivation, a God-given drive to respond to him. So it's a a divine work on the inside, but it's also a human work on the outside. Paul says, work out your salvation. And I I looked at the Greek word work, it means work. It means work hard. Work hard. Some of you are like, thank you, I I didn't really need that. Paul is saying as God works within, you respond to his work by working out your salvation. You respond by getting established in truth, by continuing to believe, by continuing to trust, by continuing to follow, by continuing to obey. When he prompts you to come on Sunday morning, come on Sunday morning. When he prompts you to get plugged in to a church body, get plugged into a church body. When he prompts you to pray for someone, pray for someone. When he prompts you to share Christ with someone, share Christ with someone. Work out what He's working in you. And when you do that, and you see fruit from that, you can't take the credit for it. Because it is God who works in you to will and to work. All praise, all glory goes to Him. It's awesome how that works, isn't it? 1 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For you to make strides in 2023 and in the years to come, you're going to have to be disciplined for the purpose of godliness. I guarantee you that the difference between you and that more spiritually mature person sitting across from you is the work that's being put in personally and privately Monday through Saturday. Saturday. That's the reason why we send a Monday through Friday sermon-based study guide home with you week in and week out along with scripture readings for the week. That's not all we expect our people to be doing, but it's a good starting point. If you're doing nothing, start there. Start there. That's why we have a bookstore filled with discipleship material for people of all ages. We make it so easy. Why do we put in this work? Why do we spend time to do this? Because we know that what takes place when you leave this place, what takes place in the home is going to make all the difference in your life spiritually. It's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your household. It's going to benefit the church. It's going to benefit this community for the kingdom of God. That's why we do it. It's worth every second we spend. No matter how many people do it, it's worth it. So we've talked about escorting and establishing. Now let's end by talking about equipping. Our aim as a church is for you to be equipped for ministry. Someone has been saved if they've been forgiven, made right with God, and if their future and the next life with God is secure, why are they still here? What is God waiting for? Why are we who have been saved left here to live? It goes back to what I said in point number one. It's because God has chosen to use us as his representatives, right? We're to, we're to live our lives to the glory of God. We're to be his representatives in this broken and fallen world in which we live. Before Christ returned to be with the Father during his post-resurrection ministry, he gave the church an incredible assignment that we've been focused on this month. He said, as you're going, you are to be making disciples by baptizing them. We're going to have a baptism next week. Praise God. Looking forward to that. Make sure to come right on time. We'll start with it. Teaching them to observe my teachings. Folks... That's what we're to be doing until Christ returns. We are to seek out followers of Christ where, where there's an absence of followers of Christ. We're to make him known where he is not known. We're to call people to turn from their sin and trust in him alone for salvation. And when they do, we are to pour our lives into them so that they grow in godliness, so that they become reproducing disciples. So they do it. As well so that God's gospel spreads so that his kingdom advances believers God has chosen to use you and me to seek out and to find lost sheep God said to Paul while he was ministering in Corinth go on speaking in this city and do not be silent for I am with you for I have many in this city who are my people Believers, God has you where he has you. He has you in the family you're in. He has you in the community you're in, in the job you're in, ultimately for this reason. Because he has many in this city and in the surrounding cities, in your household, in your community, in your workplace, who are his. And he wants you to seek them out, escort them to Christ. He wants you to to pour into them, disciple them, so that they grow in godliness and go and do... Likewise. That's why it's essential for you to come each and every week. This is equipping time. This is the time when you get equipped to go and be who God's called you to be as a disciple maker in your mission field in the world. Three ways to get prepared for this this ministry that God has called us to. The first is by praying. Scripture is clear. That we are to be praying for God's kingdom to advance. And we are also called to be praying to the Lord of the harvest. It's the one thing that Jesus told us to pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he, sent, that, that he send out laborers into his harvest. We're also told to be, to be willing to go, if it be God's will, to go. And, and serve Him wherever He calls us to go and serve Him and represent Him. We're to be praying for the ministries of this church to make an impact in this community. We're to pray that God would open doors for us to minister through the ministries of our church and to make an impact here and beyond. We often talk about prayer as if it's secondary at best, sort of like a side note in ministry, be sure and pray. Listen, prayer is not something we tag on to the end of a ministry. Prayer is the fuel of ministry. James tells us that the prayers of the righteous, they have have great power. In other translations, it says they accomplish much. Prayer works. It's the means through which God moves and works in ministry. We meet weekly for prayer. We would love to have you. Tuesdays at noon, all of our small groups carve out significant time to to discuss prayer needs and to pray together during that time. We also, in addition to praying for the needs people have, we pray for our city, we pray for our church to impact this community for Christ by pushing back the darkness in our world with the light of God's gospel. We invite you to come, get plugged in. Pray with your church family. Pray, of course, in your private time, the Lord lift these things up to him Getting connected with those ministries is is an easy and significant way for you to be more disciplined when it comes to, to praying for the ministries of the church and praying about what your role should be in ministry. I guarantee you, at the heart of every faithful, successful, fruitful ministry, you will find righteous and committed believers praying. Just read biographies of the heroes of the faith that God's used in mighty ways, prayer is is the theme that that saturates those books. So plan on making a commitment to commit to the practice of prayer at Fellowship Bible Church. Second way we, we get equipped for ministry is through giving. Some don't like this, talking about this. Can't get away from it in Scripture though, the subject of giving. Many of you, you hear the word collection, offering, you get real antsy because of negative experiences that you've had in the past. I won't deny that those things have happened. A lot of abuses have have happened when it comes to money in the church. But we're not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Truth is, God uses money to make ministry happen. He blesses for us to be a blessing to his ministry. While money is a lousy lover, it's a good servant. Good servant, but a bad master can be used and is used to make ministry happen. Through the sacrificial giving of of believers, God's kingdom advances. And guess who benefits from this? Both those using the money for ministry and those those receiving the money and support right both benefit you benefit when you give and and so does the recipient i can't tell you how many stories i've heard about a couple giving sacrificially who received more as least at least as much if not more of a blessing than than those who received it one god took care of them financially you see that you see everything belongs to god anyways everything that you have is his And also, they became more familiar with the ministry they were supporting. They were more faithful to pray for that ministry because they're invested. They learn more about that ministry, and they're blessed when they hear about the fruit from that ministry. It's a blessing. It's a win-win. I want to thank you all who have been faithful to give, to support the the ministries of the church this year. You, You have come through in a big way. And it's been a great year of ministry. We looked, and 19% of our budget this year went to missions. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. I'm thankful to be a part of a kingdom-focused, mission-minded church. Let's continue that work this year. So you get equipped when you give. Lastly, you get equipped when you go. Let's talk about going. Sometimes the best way to get equipped for ministry is by going and doing ministry. (laughs) Imagine that. Now, while I believe someone needs to be, uh, individuals need to be somewhat equipped before they go. And, and involve themselves in local ministry, and before they take a mission trip, there are things that God teaches us in ways He equips us on the job. I'll never forget my first mission trip, though I prepared before I left. There were lessons that I learned there that I could not have received from a book or a handout. So another way to learn is by, by going, so praying, giving, giving. Going, we're going to have opportunities for you to involve yourself in in mission ministry coming up in and through the ministries of this church. Prayerfully consider going and, and serving, all right? So praying, giving, and going. Great ways to get equipped for ministry. Pray you'd make a commitment to pray for the work we're doing locally, nationally, and internationally, and that you would give to support those ministries and that you would look for opportunities to involve yourself in one or more of of these. This year, Brent is going to take opportunities throughout the year to share with you about mission opportunities for you to be involved in, for you to learn more about, for you to pray for and give to and, and go. All right? We're going we're gonna to share with you at the end of service about our Sunday night fellowship, our, our Wednesday night options, great ways for you to get connected and, and, and established in truth and get equipped for ministry through those as well. But first things first, to end today, before you can get established in truth, before you can get equipped for ministry, you must first be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, a a follower of His. You must be forgiven of sin, made right with God through faith in Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you can honestly say you have not been escorted to Christ. Christ is not Lord of your life, but you want Him to be. If that's the case, hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to consider... Making a serious commitment right here, right now. A commitment that will change the course of your life forever in the best way. Scripture is clear that God created us for himself. For his glory, to be his image bearer. The problem is, each and every one of us, we have rejected or ignored God and the world he has created. We have failed to be or do what he has required in his law. We have rejected his rule and reign in our life. We have chosen to go at life on our own. And because of this sin, we have been separated from God. But God tells us in his word that while we are sinners, God demonstrated his great love for us by reaching out to us again through the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. God loved us so much, he sent Christ to be for us what we could never be. Perfect inside and out. And to do for us what we could never do. Live a perfect life in our place. So that we, through him, could be made right with God so that we through Him could be forgiven and receive His righteousness in exchange for our sinfulness through faith in Christ. Christ came, He lived, He died, He rose again so that we through faith alone in Him alone could be forgiven of sin and made righteous through His righteous life and be restored to God forever. If you're here this morning, you're listening online and you have yet to give your life up and over to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your invitation this morning. I invite you right here, right now today, turn from your life of sin, bow the knee to King Jesus, give your life up and over to him, and be saved today. Let's pray together.